Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast as we uh, are discussing uh, Southeast Iowa people who are deserving of being nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we have uh, nominated uh, a person currently living in Fairfield. His name is uh, Flash Daddy, uh, Larry Bankston. Uh, and anyway, we're on the phone with Lee Klett, uh, a musician uh, who who slept around Southeast Iowa quite a bit. Uh, welcome to the program, Lee. Uh, how you doing, Dave? It's good to talk to you again. Lee was uh, the co-host when we started uh, the program and got it uh, got it underway. Uh, yeah, enjoyed that. So uh, tell me about Larry Bankson's impact and why does he deserve to be uh, uh, nominated for the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, first off, I don't think you can be a musician in Southeast Iowa and not know who Larry is. Um, he's been around for, well, longer than I've been playing, a heck of a lot longer than I've been playing. Um, and, uh, he's been a friend to all musicians that I know anyway. Um, and he's a heck of a nice guy. And I mean, I couldn't see anybody more deserving. Well, that's uh, some kind word. You said you had a kind of funny story about, uh, seeing him. <laughs> oh, I. Uh, Years and years and years ago, when I was just getting started, I'd only been in music for a couple of years. I got um, asked if I would be a, um, a judge for a, um, a battle of the bands that I wasn't participating in. It wasn't my um, necessarily my genre of music. It was closer to what I was playing at the time. But um, anyway, Flash uh, was on stage. Um, each band got to do three songs and every band was trying to outdo the other one as far as what they were, uh, um, or how far they would push it. So they're jumping around on stage and everything. And flash wasn't a young man. Some of these guys that were on stage before him were in their early twenties, whatever. Oh, he jumped off that stage there and he went down a little bit. Didn't you could tell it hurt, but he worked right through the pain there. By the end of it, I think his ankle was about twice the size, just, I know or he put he was putting everything he had into um keeping up with the um younger generation, wasn't letting it show until after he got done. Yeah, he was a performer. That that was during the opening number, so I'm sure the next ten minutes sucked. I remember walking into the bathroom one time and Larry used to do these David Lee Ross style kicks on stage. Yeah. And he had kicked himself in the face <laughs> with his knee. And uh, he was, he, I, I mean, he was bleeding that. and stuff, right? But he had the microphone with him and he would take a towel and clot up the blood. And then it was time to sing from the bathroom. He would sing the lyrics and then he would mop up some more blood. I mean, Larry is, is dedicated <laughs> rock and roller, isn't he? Yeah, he, definitely a character. <laughs> well, I, had, I hadn't heard that story yet, but that's, that sounds just like him. Well, it's, it goes right along with what you, I mean, he does, uh, you know, he, he bled a little for rock and roll in, in, in Iowa. So, uh, thanks for your, uh, a little two cents worth and why Larry, uh, Flash Bankston needs to be in the rock and roll hall of fame as a representing Southeast Iowa. We appreciate your I time. Sure, I sure hope he makes the cut. Uh, that would be awesome for him and, uh, everybody around him. All right. Thanks. Welcome back to Round Guy the podcast. As uh, today, uh, we 
have been asked by the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to nominate some people from Southeast Iowa because they believe it is uh, underrepresented. And there is a, a, an artist that has made a huge impact for, for decades in Southeast Iowa. And his name is, uh, he goes by the name of Flash or Flash Daddy, but it's Larry Bankston. We're on the phone right now. With, we, we did an interview with Larry, and you're going to hear that in a minute. But I got a couple artists that have worked with him before and wanted to add their two cents uh, to this. Uh, we're on the phone with Jeff Alexander. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Happy lunch time. Yeah. Happy so, lunch time. So uh, you and Larry, Larry mentioned that he recorded an album or a CD for you uh, when you were 20 foot forehead. What what does Larry Bankston mean to the to the musicians of Southeast Iowa and the community and and the music? Uh, well, not well, not only uh, not only did he uh, produce one of my albums uh, when I was in Twenty Foot Forehead, but he was actually in the band for a time period uh, towards the end of our tenure. Um, let me just you know, let me just backtrack a little bit to tell you a little bit of my credentials. Uh, my name is Jeff Alexander. I've been in the uh, Iowa music scene since uh, 2000. I've been in uh, many groups. I was in a group called Short Bus that has, had a short little uh, gain. Uh, I'm the lead singer of the band 20 Foot Forehead. We were we were around from uh, 2006 to about 2016, and I'm currently in a group called uh, All Guts No Glory that currently do music and produce music and release it into the Midwest area. So, um, getting I just remember getting into uh, the music scene back in 2000. Um, the name Flash was pretty much already at that time like at that time legendary like you heard his name all over in the bands that he'd been in and he was uh and i worked with a guitarist named john Perdue who who worked with him in a band i believe it was called flash daddy and the ho puppies um but that's uh that's not you know that you know that's just a, a smidgen of what he has done in this area for for decades on top of decades everything uh i remember him being part of the band vision i believe um there was a group he was in called less than zero l also you know known as ltz um that album they released uh, you're not in the iowa music scene unless you have that album like it it, it was it was a quintessential listen for anybody or the artists in this area uh, to have, and his his mark on our music uh, in the uh, southeast Iowa area of uh, Iowa is is just untouched. Uh, the guy has been playing in bands, creating a, a amazing music. And producing albums for you know not only himself but other people for for many 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 years. Um, and yeah, back I believe in two thousand, if I was going to put it, uh, two thousand thirteen, we uh, that's band twenty foot forehead. We stepped into the studio to do our second LP album uh, called uh, Let the Octopus, and uh, um, produced a, a album with him. And probably one of the most not only one of the most enjoyable recording sessions because personally uh you know as a musician as, as a singer as a writer myself um you know the least favorite part of my experience uh, uh it, it doing all this stuff is i i hate 
I hate recording. And it's not that I don't like putting the music to uh, a CD, but like, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And that's a lot of like complaining and it's like, you know, run it back, try this again. You know, it's just, it's very repetitive. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's a lot of ego. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of trying to get it right. Uh, but uh, uh, Flash not only made it a, a fantastic process, but he, I, I told him exactly how I wanted the album to sound. And not only did he register that, he got he got us exactly that. Like the tone, the measure, exactly how we wanted the album to sound. He was always good with his input, especially with my vocals, like, you know, how I wanted to sound. If there was something that I couldn't do, he jumped in and he helped out on the album. Like it was, you know, like his input, his thumbprint on everything we did on that album it is very, very apparent. And, uh, and um, it was a pleasure to work with him. Like, uh, and it's always been a pleasure to work with him and hang out with him. Um, we did a bunch of shows with him when he was in a band called Pat Lanham's which, you know, that's that's the band that I got to know the best because it was him, Scott Hittner, which is probably one of the best drummers in Iowa, uh, 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 Tim Carey, amazing bassist, and they had a three-piece that was just unstoppable, and their music, everybody everybody loved, and, and, and we loved doing shows with them. They always drew a crowd. Um, they just... The, the musicianship within this guy, the knowledge of the music is just untouched by anybody. And there's no one that no one else that deserves being in the Iowa rock and roll hall of fame. than flash Larry Bankson. It's weird for me to call him Larry Bankson. It really is. Okay. So true story. Like I've heard the legend of flash for years, met him. He was flash. You knew him as flash. Then one day, I get a, a Facebook request from a guy named Larry Bankson, and I'm like, who's this guy? And I, forget, I, 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 I click off, and I'm like, who's this, who's this guy trying to friend me? And I believe he uh, – I, th- I think as the story goes, he tried again. He's like, dude, why don't you want to be my friend on Facebook? I'm like – and then I look at this picture, I'm like, bro, your name's Larry? <laughs> like, it's just one of those things, like – He's yeah. just, he's known as Flash. He's always been known as Flash. So. You know, uh, the band Pant Lampus, <laughs> that was Spinal Tap spelled backwards. Did you know that? Yeah. Yes. Pat, yes. Yes. That As the, le- yeah, as the legend is known, Pat Lampus is Spinal Tap spelled backwards. So. Well, uh, uh, John Wicker mentioned something to me uh, that uh, he was in a band called Average Joe. And there, yes, yes. There came a time when they, I don't know, they had some gigs or something and they were short a guitar player or a singer or whatever. And Larry, you know, Larry, you know, was doing the sound or something. And he stepped up and went on stage, you know. And you mentioned Larry did the same for you. And that's just, that's just the message I'm trying to get across. You know, whether it was doing the sound for a festival or, or helping load gear in and out or recording your album for you. you know, Larry was there for everybody, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost as if the, the other thing is like with the LTZ album. If you you weren't in the, the the scene unless you had that album, you weren't in the scene unless Larry was a part of your band at some point. And yeah, for uh, I believe it wasn't quite a year. Maybe it was a year, but uh, you know we were looking for a guitarist. Uh, um, he came in. Uh, you know, did uh, did some shows with us, wrote some music with us. You know, and uh, 
a lot of his writing really matched with with what I wanted to as a lyricist and and, and musician uh, wanted to do. And so I, I found working with him was was extremely extremely good and positive. And um, unfortunately, he met us at the time where I think our uh, our band 24-4 had, you know, we'd reached any any zenith we were going to do, we had reached, and we were all kind of like, you know, we'd become, we were just kind of holding it together by the seams, as we could say, and, uh, you know, it was just time to move on and do other projects, um, but, uh, but my time with Flash has always been a good time. As a matter of fact, my uh, band... Uh, all guns no glory we did a show a couple weekends ago at this new arena in Tumwa called north star event center and uh i got a sea flash he came to that show it was us um and uh section hate and a band called laughing soul so and he was there and i hadn't seen him in a while and, and uh he looks he looks good and and uh it was a pleasure seeing him again um and yeah he's he's my brother he's not only my brother in music but he's he's i consider him a friend and, uh, you know, the scene, you know, this music scene that we have here is a tight knit group with so much potential and so much talent and ever and uh, Flash's fingerprints are on almost every single group that has come up in the past two decades. And and uh, yeah, if there's anybody deserving of the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's him. Well, I think you said it best. Uh, this has been uh, Round Guy the Podcast. It's our documentary evidence that Larry Bankston, better known as Flash or Flash Daddy, is well deserving of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I couldn't have had a better testament than from Jeff Alexander. Thank you very much for being on the program, Jeff. Thank you. And uh, just a cheap plot for doing this for free. Uh, check out my band All Gods No Glory on Facebook. We have an album out on all streaming services and services called uh, Pyrokinesis for Beginners. We're going to be releasing a new album soon. We'll be playing in Des Moines March 19th at the Hall Avenue for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Larry, love you. And I hope you get nominated. All right. Bye. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson, and I am on the phone with uh, John Wicker, who's going to co-host this episode with me as uh, we try to fulfill a, a request that was made to us by the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to find some people from Southeast Iowa that deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Iowa that because Southeast Iowa is underrepresented in the, in the rock and roll hall of fame. So we are going to submit an application for a Fairfield, uh, a person that lives in Fairfield currently. His name is Larry Bankson. You might know him as flash. Welcome to the program, Larry. How's it going, Dave? It's going great. Uh, John, uh, you, you've, uh, uh, been a musician in the area for, for, uh, many a decade and you have worked closely with Larry. Could you uh, give our listeners a little background on uh, how extensively Larry, or how important Larry is to the music scene here in Southeast Iowa? Well, you know, uh, I sang in bands myself for 25 years, and it's pretty much all Larry's fault. Uh, to make a long story short, when I turned 
When I turned 21 in 1989, there was this hot band playing around Centerville called Vision. And this dude singing could hit all the notes, and he had the spandex, and they had the pyros. And in my little world, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he inspired me to take that leap and see if I could do that shit too. So uh, I've known Larry since 1989. And I've known him through several incarnations. I've known him as a front man for a band. I've known him as a sound man. I've known him as a roadie. I've known him as a band member in my band. So, yeah, we go way back. Me and Larry do. All right, Larry. Uh, so, to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you've got to be have 25 years, uh, established 25 years of uh, a musical career. So, when did your musical career start, Larry? Well, mine actually started uh, in South Texas in 1982. So, uh, and and uh, let's get something just just for the people you're talking to out there. Nobody knows me by Larry. <laughs> All right. It's either Flash, Big Daddy Flash, or or Flash Daddy, whichever you prefer. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll refrain myself uh, for the rest of the interview on that. Back in '82, with a band called Stargate. And at that time, we were covering a lot of stuff like Dawkins, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Queensryche, Grim Reaper, Dawkins, all the big names back in the day. Oh. Tell them how you stumbled into the singing role. Pretty well, interesting story. Actually, I uh, was down there, and uh, we had a hurricane in the area, and my normal route to get home at the end of the day was flooded. So I took a side road, and lo and behold, I drive by, and there's a couple of garage doors open, and there's some guys jamming in there. And they, uh, I pulled in and I said, hey, you mind if I listen in? And, hey, no, no problem, no problem. Got to know them pretty well, and uh, went back a couple of weeks later to hear them jam, and they're sitting there going, oh, well, we're not jamming tonight because our sound man quit on us. And I said, well... That's not much more than just a glorified stereo system. Let me take a crack at it. <laughs> and right. uh, so I became their sound man for a few months. And one night I go in there, well, our lead guitarist, our lead singer quit. So we're not jamming. So, well, you got a notebook. I'll just mumble a few words and get you through so you can jam. And I did one song with him. The song was called Just Got Lucky by Dawkins. And uh, they said, well, we hate to inform you, but we're going to let you go as our sound man. And I'm like, well, what? Why? What did I do? You know, well, you're going to be our new lead singer. And it was all downhill from there. Or should I say uphill? There you go. Now, that isn't rock and roll right there. I don't know what it is. That's right. That's right. So uh, let's skip. Uh, so let's tell us. You started in South Texas, but I knew you were originally from here. When did yeah. the vision thing start back in Iowa? What year? Uh, New Year's Eve, 1990. Ah, yep, that's when uh, my sister. Yeah, it was my first. Uh, it was my first year taking a New Year's Eve off from the band thing. I was back in Iowa. I was taking a break. I was sitting at home on New Year's Eve, and my sister called me and said, hey, there's some friends of yours playing down here at a bar called the Lonesome Forty in Ottumwa, which was out on the West End. 
And uh, she said, yeah, there's some friends of yours playing down here. Why don't you come down and say hi? And went down there, and it was George and John Bennett. And uh, my old buddy Spidey was also running sound for him at that time. Well, him and George and I were in the same class together in high school. So George says, what, what have you been doing? I said, I'm just doing heavy metal on South Texas, if that makes any sense. And he says, well, come on up and jam a couple. And so I did. And at the end of the night, they come up to me and said, hey, would you like a job? <laughs> so once again, <laughs> here I go. So, uh, oh, man, and what, oh, what a ride did we have with you. When you guys would come to Centerville, it was like the talk of the town. To the oh, point yeah. that I remember a couple, more than one year, you were there two, three weekends a month sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we—that's one thing, you know. If if we had a weekend open and somebody called us and they had a cancellation, and hey, we go pack up the van, let's go, boys. We're gonna rock. And for one time period there, for about a four four year stretch, we had a total of three weekends off. Yeah. So yeah, I figure I it, know, man. It was two, was good. Go, go. two to five nights a week for four years straight with three weekends off. And man, what a ride. So could you tell us some of like the circuit that you played on, Larry, some of the towns that you that you would have uh, kind of regularly played and some of the bars? Oh, Tumwa, Fairfield, Centerville. Uh, we even played over, uh, well, it's right over the border, but we played East Dubuque quite a bit. And uh, let's see, I think we went down to Gulfport once or twice, uh, Jefferson City, Missouri a few times, Kansas City a few times. So, yeah, basically anything in southeast Iowa, we'd, we'd take care of it. And you, and you always hear about V1 bar in any given town. Let's say in Centerville, it was the Silver Spur. Right. Fairfield, it was. What, what was the one in Fairfield Lounge. you always played at? Westbound Lounge. Now, when you get to a Tumwa, some people have their preferences. I've heard Waterfront. I've heard The Wild Side. I've heard Impulse. I don't yep. think anything can beat your gigs at the Waterfront. Right. What do you right. think? Uh, I'm right with you there because the Waterfront was the happening place in the Tumwa as far as live music. Yeah, there were other bars that were having bands. But if you got into the waterfront, you were on the top of the town. Hey, let's uh, talk a little bit about that wild side. Uh, it was recently uh, in a, a TV series about Tom Arnold's sister. Uh, uh, she owned that bar. Yeah. What, what was it like to play there, Larry? What's that, Dave? What was it like to play there at the wild side? Well, the name says it all. <laughs> it, it, it was a pretty wild place to play, but I mean, we packed the house just like any other place. And, you know, it was a different run of people down there, but man, they were, they were into the music scene just as much as anybody else around. Okay. i tell you what, I always love the rock and roll down there. Oh my goodness. I remember being at a bar at the other end of the alley and Vision would be at the wild side and they would go on break and they would come down and find us at the other bar and bring us back. Yep. <laughs> that, yeah, that there, was, uh, there was even one night down there. I mean, the, 
the camaraderie between the wild side and the waterfront, as far as the crowd goes, was really something else at that time. And I can't, and I'm, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the band. But, you know, usually when your band went on break, you'd walk down the alley to the other bar, have a beer down there, and come back and finish your set. Well, one night, we actually traded with another band. Say, hey, look, uh, when we go do our beer break, you guys go down and play a set at the wild side, and we'll go up and play a set at the waterfront. So we did a trade-off one night. I don't know how wow. much the bar. Yeah, I don't know how much days. the bar owners really cared for that, but uh, the crowd sure did enjoy it. Well, hey, yeah, uh, you get two for the price of water, of course. Let me let me ask you this, Larry. Uh, you, your your band got you know vision got pretty big, and they got to open up for some uh, nationally touring acts. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, those were those were some good times. Uh, we got the opportunity to open up for uh, Trickster. Uh, slaughter and then uh, we went up to Cedar Rapids and opened up for LA Guns uh, played in front of let's see uh, it was that big uh, freedom rally up in Algona uh, any mm-hmm. other time I could remember the name of the band but they finished off the night and we went on after them and about three fourths of that crowd came back so oh, God what was the name that's been way too many rock shows ago. I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah also, sometimes uh, also, it's hard to uh, see. It's hard to one good one from the other. Also opened three nights in a row for uh, Pat Travers, which was a fun time. So. Yeah, those were some good Now, wasn't that down in Keosauqua at State Line Rally? Uh, no, that was at, uh, that was in, uh, well, what was Bucks up in uh, Oskaloosa. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Ah, I think. So uh, let me ask John something. Uh, you know, Larry had a big influence, or Flash had a big influence on uh, all kinds of other bands. Could you talk about how he helped other bands production-wise or filling in on guitar or or cutting an album for him or something? Yeah, well, I can answer what, that for you, Dave. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you from, a, from another, a singer in another band, I'll tell you from that point of view even. I started a band in, well, I didn't start it, but I joined a band in 2002 called Average Joe, and Vision, before I even started doing this for a gig, they would say, Wicker, you want to come up and sing one, you know? And they they had no problem letting anybody come up and try to butcher a song, and God forbid, you might be good, you know? And then they liked you even more, to the point that when Vision would come to play in Centerville, my wife at the time and I would just let them stay at our house. You don't got to get a hotel room. Just come and, you know, kids are at the dad for the weekend, take a couch. So we had some good times. But as far as influencing other bands, you know, I know I'm not the only one out there that wanted to do this as a career because of what I saw in Flash. I know there's several. And uh, always, you know, no prima donnas there. They were not arrogant. They were not uh, don't touch my gear. It was nothing like that. They were there to show you a good time. And if you weren't having a good time, they'll make sure you were having a good time before you left that night. So, oh my goodness, of all the influences. And then later on in life, you know, after Flash, after Vision uh, disbanded and Flash started some other bands such as LTZ, uh, Big Daddy Flash and Hope Beat, 
there were several others after Vision, and no matter where you were in the Tumwick, you had a gig, Flash was there. Always willing to help you load in, always willing to help you load out. Willing to sit in on the soundboard if somebody was late. No matter what it was, he was always there, he was always supportive. So, kudos to him for that. I call him Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Larry, could you list uh, just some of the bands that you played in? Uh, let's see. Well, of course, uh, first band was Stargate, and after that came Karma. Uh, then, uh, then got into Vision, and got out of Vision. We started Black Sun, and then uh, it turned from Black Sun to Big Daddy Flash and the Hope Puppies. Then, uh, then LTZ, then uh, Pat Lanups, and then a band here in Fairfield called Tributera, and now another band here in Fairfield called Chimora at this point. Wow. Well, what about uh, albums that you produced or, or CDs that you helped uh, other bands produce? Uh, well, we've got uh, a couple of Section Hate CDs. They're out of Oskaloosa area. I've uh, done one for a 20-foot forehead, uh, recorded that album. Uh, there was another band in Atoma. They didn't end up releasing it because they fizzled out at the time. They were called Ashes Armada. And, uh, but yeah, I've done a lot. And uh, Adam Komatiski, I've got quite a few recordings I've done of him in my studio. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, was always willing to record for anybody, and I've recorded, I don't know, how many i've got probably 150 live shows from other bands that i was running sound for that i would record the show on multi-track and i've still got them to this day in the studio and i'll go up and mix one down once in a while that's amazing what about your your, your discography uh, gosh. Your let's son? see well got uh, the unreleased vision cd uh, yeah, I mean, do you want just the or just the stuff he's got laid down at home? <laughs> well, just the ones he's got out, the ones you know, the the, the CDs that that you produce. But uh, but as far as finished albums go, you got Vision, LTZ, Pat Lanips, and uh, the Kaimora album has just recently been finished here and be ready for release before too long. That is just amazing. Well, John, uh, John, you got anything else to try and convince the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, 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 if they're not convinced by now, I'm sure not sure they ever would be. But uh, what do what do you think, John? Well, I think he meets all the criteria. I mean, obviously, he's been around the scene more than 25 years. Plus, so supportive of any band he's ever had anything to do with, whether he was in the band, whether he was working for the band, or whether he was just there to hear the band. Always 100% supportive. And if you walk around anywhere between Centerville, Ottumwa, Fairfield, Oskaloosa, and you say Big Daddy Flash, they know who you're talking about immediately. That's the street cred right there. That's all that is. So he's an icon around here. I mean, they should have a statue for him up somewhere. <laughs> I, I have heard the, the, the mention of Godfather Flash. Oh. He's the... Well, yeah. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I am pretty close to that. I'm great-granddaddy Flash at this moment, so <laughs> I suppose Godfather can come into play eventually. Well, Larry, or Flash, is there anything that, that you didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? 
Well, no, not really, because I never, never got started into it as one of those guys that says, you know, I'm out, I'm going out of my way to be famous. So, you know, I always, I've always taken it as it is, you know, what, whatever's happening is what's happening. And I've just tried to have a good time with it, enjoy it and pass along my love of music to everybody else. So. And, and Dave, I'll tell you one more thing I think is cool. Not only does he uh, keep everything, anything he's ever recorded, he's got a copy of. But he's also got a quilt that he has made out of things but banded t-shirts. And it oh, is yeah. amazing to see. You talk, about, you talk about the history of Southeast Iowa local bands and rock and roll. Just look at his quilt. It's amazing, some of the bands that are on there. Well, Larry, could we get a or Flash? Could we get a picture of that uh, uh, quilt for the for the cover of this uh, this uh, episode? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I can send you a picture of that. I've got I've got them on Facebook. I can get one sent to you. All right. This has been uh, Round Guy the podcast with Flash Daddy Bankston. Big. Uh, Big ups for all the. We didn't even talk about the bands that he filled in on here or there or play. I mean, this this guy. You know, I mean, if you listen to music in the '90s or in the early 2000s, it was Larry. I mean, <laughs> it was well, Flash. Yeah, I mean, it was Flash that, Daddy I, all the time. I do want to say that uh, I just want to thank you guys for even making this consideration because you know it. It's never really been a goal, but I appreciate the honor of even getting mentioned to be brought up for something like that. Well, I can deal because, you know, something I never really thought about, but I do appreciate the honor. Well, we, we've nominated you. We've nominated the once round we, guy. We get nominated, how can our listeners, how can our listeners show their support for his nomination? Well, uh, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm putting together some supporting document. Uh, I'll see if there's like a petition or signatures or or other. Maybe you could uh, help me with some letters and stuff. I'm I'm kind of new to the process. Uh, like I said, I just want to say we nominated Larry or Flash uh, Daddy. We nominated Round Guy. We nominated uh, Adam Steck, who is a big booking agent in Las Vegas. Who's from Fairfield. Uh, the lead singer for Mister Mister uh, was born in Keokuk, Iowa. Um, we're throwing Deep Purple in there because uh, Tommy Boland played with them. So uh, the the you got a you're you got a big uh, real good class to go in with, Larry. If you or Flash, if you get in there, that's great, man. Well, like I say, I just appreciate the fact that somebody even has considered me to be on that that list. You know, like I said, that's an honor. Well, it was an honor, really, to enjoy all the music that you put on all the the sound work that you did, all the festivals that you ran, all the, you know, uh, it was just, it was great back when people got together and did things. It was a, a different time and a different world. And you worked your your tail off for, sounds like 40 years, or however the math code I'll works tell you on what, that. Tell you what, Dave, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if it wasn't for Big Daddy Flash, I'd probably be a plumber or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Round Guy the podcast with news you can use that don't give you the blues. Thanks, uh, John, and thanks, Flash, for being on the show. 
All right. Flash Daddy has left. Johnny Wicker, love you, love your show, man. Bye.